Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. It is National Signing Day, not round one, but round two. Josh, this used to be like the signing day. Mm -hmm. Now with the early signing period, this is kind of where you put the bow on the 2024 class. And that's exactly what we're going to do on this episode of The Hard Count. Before we get to the whole introduction and what we're doing in this show, uh, Josh, welcome. This is oh. great to have you at the desk, man. This is a blast. Yeah, I, it feels just like the On3 Recruits channel, but <laughs> it's different. It's way different, and I'm just glad to be here. Yeah, some very eerie similarities, but this is a blast, man. Yeah. We are uh, kind of in the post game, I suppose, yeah. of what would be the 2024 National Signing Day show we did over on the On3 Recruits channel, which if you haven't subscribed to that, would encourage you to do so right now uh but what i want us to do here on this show is just kind of take an all-encompassing look and truly put like the finishing touches on our thoughts our takes yeah. on the 2024 class 2024 class helmets to the right pads to the left yep. it is done i know we've been talking so much 2025 but it's you know i do miss the old style signing day where teams would kind of put together their class on signing day sure but this is nice too. It gives us a chance to kind of reflect. We get a little nostalgic about the class. Yeah. We have a chance to actually, you know, like really appreciate what every team has. So this is a good day to take a break, to put the 2024 class to bed and to turn the page to 2025. Well, I mean, I think the big thing that a lot of people want to know coming out of National Signing Day and once all their top prospects put pen to paper, like, hey, how did we stack up? Because right. it's, it's a competitive landscape and how you went on the field obviously starts with how you went on the recruiting trail. Jay, let's, let's get right I, to it. I run an on three recruits channel. And yes. let me tell you, I truly believe that there are some 
fans of college football yeah. that would rather win a recruiting national champion, a recruiting championship, then even they'll get more excited about that than winning a national championship. I don't necessarily understand that, but people are kind of crazy about recruiting. I guess when you walk it out in principle, you're like, okay, well, I suppose they actually play games for what, three to four months of the season, but recruiting is a year round thing. Yeah. So if you're in it for the talking trash point of view, like yes. you talk trash exactly. more about recruiting than you would about yeah. the actual it's game. An ego so thing. It's like, it. hey, our program can land these kids. Your program can only land this caliber of recruits. Yes. And there's a lot of ego involved in following recruiting. That's what makes it fun. Kind of a my house is nicer than your house kind of thing. Exactly. Don't worry about the neighborhood. Don't worry about what's inside. But <laughs> on the outside looking in, the house is in fact nicer. Uh, well, with that kind of being the... Uh, the preface to this whole thing. It is February 7th, 2024, the last one on the face of this planet. So yeah. we got to make it a great one. We got to make it the be. best one in history. Uh, let's start with who won from this recruiting cycle. Josh, it feels like the most obvious place to start. We look at these on three industry team recruiting rankings, the Georgia Bulldogs. I mean, top class. Uh, they had that locked up by last signing day. I mean, from Ryan Puglisi to Ellis Robinson. I mean, across the board, Georgia, the big dogs. Eating, dogs on top. As they always do, man. As dogs they always do. on top. Yes. The they do it, you know, and even with one of the biggest uh, flips in the cycle, Dylan Raiola yeah. flipping from Georgia to Nebraska, they're still on top. They didn't even waver. I mean, Alabama at a distant second, even with the absence of Dylan Raiola on that commit list, Georgia does it, but they do it in the trenches. They do it on the defensive line. They do it on the offensive line. We talked to Jake Rowe earlier today, and Jake just made a great point of – it's not necessarily, I mean, yes, they do get great players, mm -hmm. but they develop them as well, physically and mentally. They, they, they learn the game, but they also truly do develop their bodies. I mean, they get, they get guys with the biggest frame. So Georgia's already starting in an advantage, but what, what they do with those guys when they get on the campus is where the real magic happens. It's freakish. And we talked about it a little bit on yesterday's show. Like I think Kirby smart, what makes him so great outside of acquiring the great talent I mean, their system they have in place yeah. to create buy-in for guys to say, okay, if I come to Georgia, whether I'm a five-star, I'm a three-star, whatever, if I buy into the way that Kirby Smart does things and I, you know, play scout team for two years or, heck, if in Carson Beck's, you know, situation, you wait your turn for three years. When you eventually get your chance, one, you'll be ready, and then two, you'll have the success you want to have on the field to go and win a lot of games and probably be a high NFL draft pick. I have a sneaking suspicion that you're referring to a, a particular recruit in that class. Uh, there is one in particular that I am thinking about. Is there, there, I, mean, I you, think you, there's you one. Go for it? I say we say it at the same time. Ready? Three, two, one. Ryan, Ryan Puglisi. Puglisi. See, we're, <laughs> see, we're locked in, man. We've been, on, we've been on the air for two hours going on. I guess this will be so, our third but, hour. But the, and the reason why I know is, well, cool. one, because we talked to him, but the, the point in which we did sit down with them at the end of May for the On3 NIL Elite Series, it was days after Dylan Raiola committed mm -hmm. to Georgia. And quarterbacks, you know, hey, there's only one quarterback on the field at a time. So yeah. a lot of quarterbacks like to be that QB one, especially if you're an elite recruit, which Ryan Puglisi is, was, is. And um, we thought we were going to get a different tone yeah. when we sat down because the big news, everybody's celebrating this Dylan Raiola to Georgia commitment and Puglisi had been committed for four or five months at that time, but he really impressed us. Yeah. And you can certainly see how a program like Georgia must get recruits like him on their team to kind of build that, not just camaraderie, but the buy-in, what you were talking about. And Rusty Mansell talked about that a little bit. Maybe it was a round table, or maybe it was one mm -hmm. of the shows over on the Dogs HQ channel, sure. which get a membership there, keep you in the know for all things Georgia. 
But he likes to talk about the quarterback position as like, you have to have everybody in that huddle believe in you for you to be successful from an offensive play, an offensive play out. And Ryan Puglisi, like you said, just sitting down and talking with the guy, like intense, all about ball. Um, he's going to, I think, his translate really well. His belief in himself, well. his belief in the Georgia program. I think all of those things. The, the Right, the ability to compete. I think he believed in Kirby Smart's fairness when it comes to competition. Like, I don't think... He, he knew just because Dylan Ryle at the time was the number one quarterback in America that he was going to get the same shot at Georgia as Dylan Ryle was. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, that's obviously, uh, you know, the top school or the, the t at the top of the all three industry team recruiting rankings. Uh, let's go back to that top 10 right here, Josh. Yeah. Uh, pick a school, any school within this top 10. Who's one of your winners from this cycle? Oh, I think all the teams on here are winners, and I'll go real quick. Alabama, obviously a winner because they lose Nick Saban but still stay at number two. Ohio State swipes Julian Sane from Alabama. Very opportunistic take right there. Mm. Oregon, Oregon in the top four because they landed Gatlin Bear over Michigan. I mean, they the last uncommitted unsigned five-star in the class, Gatlin Bear, wide receiver out of Idaho, commits to Oregon over the national champion Michigan Wolverines. Miami at five, they do it by flipping one of Florida State's top commitments, Armando Blunt from Miami Central High School. They launched themselves into the top five. Texas signs an unbelievable class up and down, but I love the D-line. Colin Simmons is a part of this one. Ryan Wingo, they have some true stars. Xavier Filsimi was a late flip from Florida, adding him to the secondary with Kobe Black. They, they have one of the top secondaries in the country. Ellis, you pull that back up. I'm not done here. <laughs> LSU is <laughs> number seven. I'm, uh, I love what they did. Uh, they had a chance at flipping Terry Bussey, but they do flip Dominic McKinley from the Aggies. They really took advantage of the Aggies coaching change. They flip off the top of my head. Gabrielle Relford, Weston Davis, uh, Dominic McKinley had a shot at flipping Terry Bussey today, but he ends up signing with Texas A&M. Uh, Auburn then there at eight, Oklahoma at nine, and then Florida. To see Florida in there at number 10. When you and I sat here and did the, the show, they were number 16 after the early period and really had a rough day. They fell from four to 16 in a matter of days. And now they are back in the top 10 because of two short-term signees in Jameer Grimsley going from Bama to Florida and also DeAndre Robinson. I, I said Texas had a great D-line class, they do. But they lost one, DeAndre Robinson, a four-star, got out of his letter of intent after Texas lost their defensive line coach to LSU. And DeAndre Robinson chooses to stay in state with the Florida Gators. So I'm really impressed by all 10 of these programs. All big, I mean, obviously all massive from an impact standpoint, uh, from a point of view. Uh, Auburn at number eight there. It said Miami, but I want to highlight number eight Auburn in the sense that, like, in terms of what this meant for Hugh Freeze, this is kind of, in my mind at least, him making good on what you thought you were getting when Hugh Freeze became your head coach yeah. because that, that was kind of the, the headline was, okay, great offensive mind, great recruiter, knows the SEC. And it's, it's all well and good to talk about that in a press conference and it reads real nice in a story when you hire the guy, but then to actually go out and do it in the SEC after you don't have the greatest season in the history of all seasons at Auburn. You know, they went six and six. And so to take that momentum and say, hey, come be a part of what we're doing here at Auburn. You're going to catch the football if you're Cam Coleman. We'll put you in a position to succeed offensively. Um, to have a top 10 class right now, I think that was massive. And then what you said about Florida being at 10, Josh, we sat here on National Sunday. It was bad vibes. Yeah, bad like, vibes. We, we were like, what's going we're on? We're trying to keep it high, but like you couldn't ignore the elephant in the room, which was Florida was just having an awful day. Yeah. And, you know, it's kind of like a stock. You know, you can have an awful day and still be on a good trajectory. And Florida just had an awful day, but they rebounded. Top 10 class for Billy Napier. Very important. Uh, touch back on Auburn for a second. 
uh, yeah, it's a great class. You want a great class. Yep. Don't get me wrong. You want to hire a coach like Hugh Freeze that can come in and build a great class. But we already know, J.D., the SEC comes with expectations. Yep. And the only way to raise those expectations even higher is to bring in all these five-star wide receivers and still not have a quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, you got got to win, <laughs> so, baby. Got to find so a way. So it's great that he it, that he got an influx of talent because you need it. Yep. But it's all got to come together because that window with the expectations, that window closes very quick. Like there's a lot of hope, there's a lot of excitement around that Hugh Freeze program mm -hmm. after year one, but you got to win on the field in the SEC. You're not gonna get the same pass from fans and recruits if you're not winning in year two, year three under Hugh Freeze. So yep. they, it's imperative that they get out there and do it, but they did land several guys that will help this season on the football field. I was going back through to see their 2023 class. They did land uh, Hank Brown, in 2023 from Lipscomb Academy here in Nashville. He, mm -hmm. He's at Auburn, so that could be a guy going forward. And then also with Hugh Freeze, like, you got to imagine with his pedigree and his background with quarterbacks, like, the transfer portal you feel like will always be right. an option for Auburn. So we'll oh, see if they do it spring, oh, spring Yeah, football. we're in a much better place to find a quick fix because, hey, five, six, ten years ago, if you're Hugh Freeze and you just brought this class in, you really are working with what you got. Yep. Like there is no transfer portal five years ago, 10 years ago. There is no idea of like, hey, we can lure this guy who's not doing, you know, not starting. Everybody right. had to wait their turn back then. But now it can be a quick fix. Absolutely. Yeah. And Auburn, I think, is in a really interesting spot here in the next couple of years. With the portal, how they've attacked it previously, they had at the last check, they had acquired uh, nine individuals through the transfer portal so far. But I, I'm curious if they're going to be in the mix there in that uh, second spring window of the transfer mm -hmm. portal. Well, they, we, they'll we, have to be. Have to be, right? Have, have to. to be. Got to be on offense all the time. Uh, speaking of offense, speaking of the Gators, we talked about the vibes that were a, a little bit lackluster on the first signing day. They've since risen into the top 10 on this signing day. But you know who signed on the first signing day is DJ Lagway. And that was massive. And I want to talk a little bit about quarterback. Uh, and at the time, he wasn't here. He wasn't our number one QB. He wasn't. He is now. And he, at that point in time, I think was only given the billing from Charles Power of best senior season. I mean, he went, he did numbers like Goodwill Hunting his senior yeah, year. Yeah, he went absolutely went crazy. Nuts. Went absolutely one crazy. One Gator player of the year, or Gatorade. Gator, he's also Gator he's player of the year. Yeah, heck yeah. But I hope he's Gator he also won Gatorade player of the year. And it was one of these deals where uh, I'd been anticipating it because. Like Charles, talking to Charles throughout the summer, uh, he was kind of push, pushing me in that direction that DJ Lagway would end up number one. He just wanted to see his senior year and fully believed that he would come through. Every Saturday morning that I woke up and I checked DJ Lagway's stat sheet, it was like a crooked number seven <laughs> for, for touchdowns. Like it's seven, crazy. six. Uh, four in the first half, like numbers like that. I like that. Crooked number. I like crazy, that. Crazy. Just crazy stats, uh, but not not just one week, like every week. Yeah. He's doing that every week, throwing the football, and he looks really good. I mean, he looks physically developed. We see a lot of these quarterbacks come through that are 6'4", 190, you know, and you're like, oh, yeah, great frame, going to gonna look good in college. But DJ Lagway steps into Gainesville with the frame and the ability 
to I don't you know they got Graham Mertz they're set for this year Graham Mertz had a, had a good season last year I think he'll build on that so it's ideal I think it's ideal for uh, ideal situation for him to walk a hundred percent he's already enrolled so he's going to kind of get comfortable and learn how mm-hmm. to be a college student figure out where classes are how do you you know get from A to B from workouts to where you got to go for study hall like there's so much thrown at you that's, and that's why okay. I love the fact that he's already enrolled and going to have a chance to, to sit behind Graham Mertz uh, we had Nick De La Torre on the on three round table I want to say it was somewhere around a week or two ago as soon as DJ Lagway was announced as the top quarterback in 2024 in those final rankings uh, and he said like I don't see any reason to redshirt the guy like I, I know Graham Mertz is our guy this year there's not a quarterback competition but like with as good an athlete as DJ Lagway is with with his size and what he brings from a running standpoint like we, we could see him get in the game a little bit here if not garbage time maybe situationally yeah, in because if he's as good as we think he is then he's not going to be there for that fourth year anyway yeah regardless like even if he does sit out in red shirt like you know you might as well just get him in as much as you can his freshman year hand him the reins in year two let him have at it year three and you know he's probably if if, if he is what we think he is then he's probably gone after that anyway so yeah hey let him cook right yep. that's what let the kids him say cook. Let, him, let him cook let just kind of let it simmer a bit. for the first year and then let him cook let him really sizzle there let's say in the sunshine state though Luke Cromenhawk, okay. one of the final five stars, uh, he was given the uh, best upside or most yeah. upside from Charles Power for yeah. his quarterback superlatives from this class. And during the uh, signing day show, he's like, I want to make sure I, I put a, a qualifier on this as well, developmental upside. I mean, the, the best quarterback prospect they've signed in Tallahassee since Jameis Winston, uh, yeah, he won a pretty nice trophy out there, I believe, the Heisman as well as a national championship trophy in Tallahassee. Uh, I mean, this is massive for Florida State to have their quarterback of the future under Mike Norvell. Yeah, if just the only thing he needs to do is change his last name to start with a W. <laughs> then, he, then he's guaranteed Heisman winner because you have Ward, Wanky, and Winston. And Womanhawk. Now you need Womanhawk. No, but hit. Luke Cromanhawk, uh, I, I agree with Charles for giving him the highest upside because of his story and where he comes from. Florida State offered him a scholarship before he started a varsity game. He committed to Florida State before he started a varsity game. So Florida State was on board with him. They watched him. And then look at, I, I mean, it's incredible. If you're a Florida State coach, you got you to gotta really pat yourself on the back yeah. because he finishes as a five-star recruit and at the time had not taken a snap at the time that they accepted his commitment as a top, as a starting quarterback. So obviously Luke Cromanhawk out of Savannah, Georgia is is he has all the tools, right? He mm-hmm. has all he has the size. He he just needs a little bit more experience under his belt so you can see why Charles designated him as the top upside. Josh, I got to take for you here on Florida State. I I don't know if Mike Norvell gets enough credit nationally for what he does with quarterbacks. I mean, Jordan Travis, he went into Mike Norvell's office and is like, hey, should I play receiver? And Mike Norvell's like, nope, calm down. Like, you're going to get it. Just yeah. hang with us. And then also, Brady White, when, when he was at Memphis, Brady White was a really high-profile guy coming out of, I believe it was like the 2015 class in California. And he bounced around, I think, a little bit, ended up at Memphis, ended up having a pretty solid career under Mike Norvell. And so now DJ Uyungle, I guess, is the next quarterback in line. But yeah. Luke Cromanhawk being of a five-star you know, variety, another notch in the belt for Mike Mike Ravel, I mean, I think he deserves more credit with the quarterbacks, fair? Yeah, in terms of development, absolutely. I mean, there's times where Jordan Travis, like you said, didn't know if he had a role on the team. Like, he was he was not feeling confident about himself as a quarterback. They had a – they had a, early on in that, in that uh, tenure, they had to talk him into staying on the team. Yeah. Like, not transferring. Like, I think he was just going to hang it up in general and goes on to be one of the most exciting quarterbacks that we've seen in the last couple of years. So yeah, uh, Mike Norvell will have a 
he'll have a blast developing Luke Cromenhawk. Well, here's another one I like from the superlatives. Uh, so the new NCAA video game is coming out. Mm-hmm. And by nature of this game, supposedly coming out soon, I think we'll get to play with Nebraska and Dylan Riola. Charles has him as the best deep ball thrower of this whole class. That means I'm playing with Nebraska. I'm dialing up four verts. We're going air raid. What do you think about that? Yeah. Dylan Raiola, uh, best deep ball thrower. Absolutely tons of ability, right? has a missile launcher for an arm. I mean, he was throwing him out to – because remember, he played at Buford High School. So he had K.J. Bolden running routes for him. And I don't think he could overthrow K.J. Bolden. I mean, I he <laughs> – That's true. They were hooking up nonstop. It was really exciting to watch. So, yeah, I think uh, Dylan Raiola – is going to bring some sort of excitement to that Nebraska offense. Much needed. I mean, he is, for, for a lot of people's money, like he is the perceived savior of Nebraska football. And that's not necessarily like fair to put on a, a true freshman, but I do think there's something to be said for, okay, you have this enormously high-profile quarterback coming to Lincoln under yeah. a new coach. It's this perceived new era. Like he is the guy to put Nebraska football back on the map. And the thing that I like about him, Josh, I think he welcomes that. Like, I don't think Dylan Royal is walking into this thing just trying to get Instagram likes and trying to, you know, get some clout. Like, I think he genuinely is signed up for the mission of, okay, I am the guy. It's on my shoulders. It's mm-hmm. on me to bring Nebraska back to at least bowl eligibility. And I'm sure they have much more than that in mind. And that's what you want. That's what you need. I mean, there's been others that have gone to Lincoln, Nebraska with the intention of turning this thing around. Sure. Now it's Dylan Royal's turn. And it's- Yes, I like it. Cut you off. No, I like it. I mean, I was going to say, I'll bet on Dylan Raul. It's kind of like, a, you ever read like King Arthur in Excalibur, the one who's going to pull it out of the, <laughs> yeah. like, Dylan Raul is trying to pull the bull eligibility yeah, Excalibur There's been dozens and dozens of other men that have tried and failed, and now it is your turn. Dude, how awesome would that be? <laughs> That'd Are you so the one? Awesome. I'll be, I'd be all for it. I'd be all about it. But best deep ball thrower. Uh, let's see. Let's get to a little Julian Sain action. Okay, what's he at? Formerly Alabama. Now he well, was formerly signed with Alabama. Yeah. Transfer portal, short-term signing, whatever kind of verbiage you want to put yeah. to it. He's in Columbus. He is Charles Powers' uh, most accurate quarterback okay. of this cycle. So right. So Dylan Raiola had the missile launcher. Julian Raiola. Julian. Julian. Julian what a combo Sayin, that would be, though. Huh? <laughs> that would, would be a combo. That. Julian Sayan has the rocket launcher with the heat-seeking missile, on it. and I like that for Ohio State because they have all the they have all the talent in the world uh, at wide receiver. So it's just like, hey, get them the ball. Just yeah. get them the ball. Like you don't need a launcher. It can be right here. It could be here. It could be here. Yeah. But just get them the ball and that's what Julian Sane's going to do you don't want to call him a game manager because he's not that at all but he's going to go in there and manage that offense and I think he's going to do it at a really high capability I mean the fact that he's going to Ohio State with how stacked that quarterback room is that just again going back to like the competitive but Bama was guys, stacked too I mean Bama Bama was also stacked. it's not yeah. like they were empty there so I love it I, I don't mean, think you know, I don't think that. it was a I don't think it was a competition I don't think he left because of competition like I don't think he left because oh Ohio State needs me and Alabama doesn't mm-hmm. like I think he's a great quarterback and he he committed to a school three thousand miles away to play for Nick Saban. Yeah, I mean, if we're being real, I love the fact that he's not because I mean I think in today's day and age with the portal, if a guy isn't you know. The, the top player in the class, or if there's another quarterback in his class, he's like, ah, oh, maybe I'll decommit, maybe I'll transfer, maybe hey, all this. If and the like, coaches can do it anytime they want to do it, then the players should be able to do it whenever they want to do it. And Julian's saying, I mean, he's standing on business. He's like, I'll, I'll play at Bama, I'll play at Ohio State, I don't yeah. care who's in the quarterback room. If you will have me, I'm betting on my most accurate arm in this class per yeah. Charles Power, and we'll be about it. Because we really also like Air Nolan. Yes, I mean, he's of out course. of Langston Hughes, 100%. he's a winner, he puts up video game type numbers as well, and he's He's not backing down from competition either. So they're, they're, that Ohio State 
quarterback rooms loaded. I love it. One more to get to here. Ryan Puglisi, mm-hmm. who we talked about a little bit before. Uh, Charles, when we talked about this with him, sort of uh, gave a little smirk to us. He is his uh, biggest gunslinger in this class. And then we asked Charles, like, how do you, how do you even, like, deduce who this is? Because you're not looking at stats. Are you looking at who's just uncorking it? Who's saying YOLO twice I think a you got to look go at deep. haircut. You got to look at haircut. Like the flow. Does he have flow? Absolutely. Is it nice? You know, I think you got to look at everything. Swagger. Swagger. Just the, he's a bulldog in every sense of the term. He's a bulldog. And that's why he's a gunslinger. How do you feel about your quarterback if he's a gun? Do you want your quarterback to be a gunslinger? And the the Josh Newberg offense, do you, will you take the gunslinger or do you want the guy who's a little bit more prototypical, kind of that, you know, six foot five NFL pro I think in the college level, you want a player that can make his own plays. Like you want, yeah. you know, we just talked about a Jordan Travis, but those guys that like a Drake May and a Sam Howell, to me, those are gunslingers. You know, when we're talking about the true definition of the term, guys that are not afraid to put the ball through a tight window because they need the yards. You know, they're not looking for the check down. They're looking for the first down. They're looking for the touchdown. And Ryan Puglisi, from what we've seen, fits that bill. And I think to kind of put a, a exclamation mark on this whole segment, like in modern college football, it is becoming less and less of a want to have someone who's a dual threat quarterback yeah. who can create their own plays, who can be, you know, a gunslinger, so to speak. I think it's more of a need. Like, I mean, you look or across, you're at a deficiency if you don't have a hundred percent. I mean, you look at the college football playoff this past season, mm-hmm. all four of those quarterbacks, I thought had some mobile ability to them. Not that they were all running quarterbacks like yeah. Quinn Ewers. Uh, lost weight so he could create more plays. Jalen Milrow, I mean, his play speaks for itself. J.J. McCarthy, Michael Penix Jr. early in his career he was kind of a dual threat. So I think that's something now in college football, just like what you said, you have to be able to create your own plays. If And if you don't have that, you're kind of on the outside looking in of, of where modern college football is Or just go headed. play for Georgia where you have the big front, Oof. you know, and you, you can just sit back there like Carson Beck. But, yeah, I, nice I think at this point you're at a disadvantage if you're a coach that is not playing with a dual threat quarterback. I Without mean, question. It's just, the offenses that, that are run. And also, as quarterback, I mean, we don't see many senior quarterbacks anymore. So if you want to play a freshman, hey, take some of that production off of them through the air and let them run it. Yeah, without question. Without question. Well, I mean, well, that's the quarterbacks, and they mm-hmm. will all obviously have an impact. You got Julian saying there in the in the Bama gear, but those are the superlatives. Uh, you know, if you change that shade of red a little bit, you can almost see him in a kind of see him in, in, in the Buckeye gear a little bit. But those are the superlatives from Charles Power, uh, who does tremendous work for us here at On Three, director of scouting and rankings, and was in for the On Three uh, National Signing Day show on the Recruits Channel. Josh, let's move on here to uh, the players that will be catching the football okay. from those guys because this, There's I mean, some good ones. This this, this cycle, I mean, it's it's fair to call it that you're the wide receiver. Yeah. I, I don't think that's a stretch yeah. from Jeremiah Smith. Cam Coleman, TJ Moore, Ryan Williams, who reclassified and joined the party. Who was the number one wide receiver in the 2025 class and is now under consideration. But, of course, Jeremiah Smith, our number one. Cam Coleman, our number two. Ryan Williams, our number three. But like Charles Power said, in, in any, not any other year, but in some years, TJ Moore is the number one wide receiver in the country. Yeah. And, I mean, I was going to ask you, at first, as someone who, like, eats, sleeps, and breathes recruiting. Like, how does a year like this compare to other years? Charles Power was throwing out the 2008 year with Julio yeah. Jones and A.J. Green. I mean, is that a fair call? I, I, I mean, yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. But some years it's a running back year. Some years it's an offensive tackle year. Some years there's three generational edges. This year it happens to be there's 
three or four number one wide receivers, but only one can be number one. And Jeremiah Smith separated himself from a group of number ones to be a true elite number one. Unbelievable. Uh, a lot of drama with this one behind the scenes. I don't know if people know, but like Hayes Fawcett had a Miami uh Graphic ready to go just in case for Jeremiah Smith. Oh, no, okay. So well, there was, baseball, and that was kind of some of the delay. You know, there was a delay in his NLI coming being sent in. He he had the ceremony, but then four hours later, Ohio State is still not sending it in. Was he thinking about things? But at the end of the day, he's an Ohio State Buckeye. They have an unbelievable class. But you really can't miss if you're a team that signed Cam Coleman, if you sign T.J. Moore, if you sign Ryan Williams. Look, you got a number one wide receiver in terms of the uh, the expectation of once they get on campus and they develop, these guys are bona fide number ones. What I thought was crazy was when we did the signing day show, I keep referring back to that because there was just so many good conversations had. But Charles Power is like, listen, we here at On3, we were a little bit ahead of the curve of Marvin Harrison Jr., which one is just funny mm -hmm. because it's like, Marvin Harrison, yeah, you know him, his kid, yeah, he ended up being pretty good at football. Crazy how that works. But Jeremiah Smith, he said, is further along than Marvin Harrison Jr. was at that point in time. Like the folks yeah. that are tuned in live that aren't, you know, that aren't listening to this later on podcast, if you're watching the video feed, like it's just poetry in motion. That, that is a dude that is six foot three, two ten, two fifteen, can line up all over the field. Like it's gonna be next to impossible, you have to believe, to keep him off the field. As a true freshman. Oh, absolutely. And speaking of outliers, Charles Power, Cam Coleman was an on-three outlier early, early in the cycle. This time last year, on-three had Cam Coleman ranked way higher than the rest of the industry. Mm. If you're Charles Power, you got to love to see that because now he's an industry five-star, meaning he's a five-star plus, meaning every ranking service in the industry has him as a five-star. So unbelievable call by Charles Power. Now, he never outranked Jeremiah Smith, but Cam Coleman has been on our radar for a while, and I'm really excited to see what he can do at Auburn. For a hot minute. See, I, I like this that we sit here and kind of talk the cash for Charles. Because right. he wouldn't do he it. Would he, never. He, he would he never. He would never. toot his own horn, but like no. we're here to do it for no, him. No, so. I will toot his horn, Paul. Yeah, absolutely. So, so go check out that whole conversation on the Author Recruits channel, that whole show on the Author Recruits channel. Really fun. Uh, a lot, a lot of fun. There. Great a lot insight of good stuff from Charles. Um, I kind of want to mix and mash here, because those guys, obviously, instant impact guys. Uh, I did not pre- uh, arrange this with our producer, Nick Brakes. We'll kind of just talk this through of, of guys that are going to have an impact. We can keep the year at the wide receiver uh, lower third up. There's a couple of guys, though. Ellis Robinson was one of his instant impact freshmen. Mm -hmm. Going to play, in, in Charles's mind at least, will compete to play. He's already having some some buzz early on in Athens uh, during winter workouts. Like, that was a guy who's also of a very high-profile recruit that you expect to com compete early in at Georgia. Like, that is, yeah. that's tough He'll to do. He'll go and play. He that's went, tough to do. Yeah, he transferred. Uh, he was from the Northeast. He transferred to IMG Academy, played his his final two seasons there and i truly think you know playing in a program like ing it's the closest thing day in day out that you're going to get to the college level mm -hmm. couple that with the fact that ellis robinson is already on campus i mean how where else can you get that type of experience other than img academy where you're living away from home mm -hmm. not just playing for a really good football team but you're living away from home you have tutors it's a college simulation without question on multiple levels so ellis robinson even though he's going into a very good and loaded defensive secondary, he'll have an opportunity to compete for a starting job. Without question. TJ Moore, uh, I don't believe he was on Charles's instant impact freshman uh, for the list that he gave us, but expect him. And That's that year okay. in the wide receiver vein, I'm probably expecting to be a guy. Uh, Jordan Seaton, 
one of the top offensive tackles in this cycle. He'll probably play right away. Another IMG Academy standout. Yeah. I mean, Jordan Seaton. Um, we were high on him. You know, he when he when they IMG played their first game in Nashville. So Charles Power got to go see him live in person. Game one was already high on him, but needed to kind of reshape his body and and just dial in a few things. And game one senior season, Jordan Seaton stuck out like a sore thumb. Uh, rose up the rankings, finishes at our third ranked offensive tackle in the country industry, number one, but the crown jewel of coach prime's class. I mean, coach prime was out there begging for offensive linemen after the season ended and for good reason. And then what does he do? He just goes out and lands the number, the number three ranked offensive tackle in America. And yes, of course he's going to play right away, whether it's left tackle, whether it's right tackle, whether it's guard, it doesn't matter. He's going to contribute to Colorado in some form. You got to protect your Sanders. Like it has to happen. And I think the other thing too, like you, you can't teach big, Six foot, two ninety five. That's that's pretty big. That'll yeah. do just fine. And he'll he'll get acclimated, obviously. But I'm excited to watch him in Boulder. Uh, and according to Charles Power, we'll see him probably play sooner rather than later. Uh, well, what, as, what what do you think of Jordan Marshall filling in for Blake Corum? Or they, they're just very similar backs. Yeah. One thing Charles said that I thought was interesting was the way that he's able to be an asset in the pass game. Like, mm-hmm. like young running backs, if you want to get on the field and have a role early. Be able to be a third down back. Be able to pass protect, that's first. But second, be able to be an asset where they can line you up if you go empty. Be able to catch a little swing route. Be able to be a guy in the screen game. Like, the more you can do, because everybody can carry the mail at that level. But for Jordan Marshall to be as developed as he is in the pass catching side of things and to be an asset early for Michigan to go along with Donovan Edwards, I think that's, I mean, that's the rich getting richer at that point. And he's a gym rat. And gym we rat. know he'll fit right in there at Michigan. Yeah, they got a few gym rats over there in Ann Arbor. <laughs> they got a few of those. Uh, well, like I said, this is the 2024 class, and we're sort of closing the chapter on it, putting a nice little bow on it. Again, Josh Newberg's got recruiting year-round coverage for you on the On Through Recruits channel. But I'm so ready to put 24 to bed. There. 24, night-night, no alarm clock. Because I really want to talk 25, but it's hard. It's like, it's like how hard can we go on 2025 when we still have this little bit of a chapter to finish here in this book? You know, you can't start yeah. another book before you – well, at least me, I can't. No, I can't. Either. I can't. That's, that's too time. much. Well, hey, how about this? Let's put on the swim trunks <laughs> and let's dive headfirst into 2025. All right. What do you say? Let's All get right, to let's it. Go. I mean, it's, it's very, very early, but let's uh, – Let's kind of just unpack some of these uh, these headlines. And as with any recruiting class, as with any college football mm-hmm. story, you got to start with the quarterbacks, yeah, right? Yeah. Bryce Underwood's committed. Wait, tell me which one you want to talk about. You know, let's talk. You let's talk. Uh, let's talk. Yeah, one? let's talk that one. That right one. Let's talk Bryce Underwood. <laughs> okay. For those that are tuned in live and understand the visual of that, if you're on podcast, <laughs> I apologize, but we're uh, we're looking at a lower third of Julian Lewis and Bryce Underwood. Let's talk some Bryce Underwood, Josh. What do you mm-hmm. say? Yeah, Bryce Underwood. So for those tuning in right now, the number one prospect in America, the number one recruit in the 2025 cycle, mm-hmm. and the number one QB is committed to LSU. But he's from Belleville, Michigan, and picked the Tigers over the Wolverines and Alabama. Took a visit to Colorado as well. Can't forget them. Mm-hmm. But chose LSU over Michigan in a year where the hometown team wins the national championship. And... You know, the writing was really on the wall with all the... He took a flurry of visits in the spring and into the fall to LSU in succession, whereas he did not visit Michigan during the season until December. Literally one of the final weekends before the early, before the dead period hit in the early signing period, he finally made it to campus. But at that point, LSU already had the lead. They were trending. I had already put my prediction in for LSU, and he made his commitment on January 6th to the LSU Tigers, giving the Tigers the number one class in America. They now have the number one QB. 
LSU has the number one wide receiver in DeCorian Moore. They have the number one running back in Harwin Berry. And the number one safety in America, uh, Pickett, is considering them. Ooh, okay. So it's heating up. They are stacking number ones. It's unbelievable. LSU off to a great start. If you're just tuning in to 2025 recruiting, the number one QB is off the board, and he is committed to LSU. You see it? Look at DeCorian Moore, the number four player overall. He's committed to LSU. Harlem Barry, the number 12 player overall. He's committed to LSU. I told you, DJ Pickett, the number one safety in America. He has a great relationship with Corey Raymond, who just went back to LSU. This LSU class is something serious. We know Georgia's about to turn up. We know Ohio State's going to turn up. Sure. We know some of these others are about to get it really cranking, but... LSU is the team right now that has all the momentum. And the thing that's interesting, Josh, like you look back, like let's say let's turn back the clock uh, 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. And LSU is this team that's, you know, physical. And we would always say like, man, if they could just get a quarterback, mm -hmm. if, they, if they could just get it right offensively, they would be nasty. And I mean, since that era, you've had Joe Burrow under a different staff, obviously. Yeah. But I mean, he and, and that offense, they were historic. You yeah. have to imagine that helped the LSU brand. But recruits still associate that with the pro. Totally saw that. So, and then you had Jaden Daniels this past year with right. the Heisman Trophy. And That's Malik Davis is going to be a, probably a first-round draft pick. And so you have that you know image living in the mind of these recruits. And I have to imagine that plays, I don't know how big a factor, but at least some small factor in landing a guy like a Bryce yeah. Underwood and then the top receiver and running back in this class so far. Like, it's it's becoming an offensive school, not an offensive school, but a school that can recruit the offensive side as well as the defensive side. And that's kind of changing their brand in some ways, yeah, Josh. And, hey, it, it's coming soon because this year, this next year, this time, Bryce Underwood will be enrolled. Mm. That's at, crazy. I want to say LSU. Yeah. You would think but I know true. Michigan's going to double back. Like, you know, there's going to be a moment, and I'm not saying he's going to flip. I'm not saying, well, what I am saying is there's going to be a moment where Michigan makes another run at him. I think it's malpractice if you don't, right? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. you have to, like you say, recruit through the whistle. Yeah. Yep. Go through the whistle. Now we recruit through the next play because of the short-term signee rule. <laughs> like, I don't know when you stop recruiting. You got to keep recruiting. ABC, always be recruiting. That's kind of the, the name of the game in college football. Yes. Uh, speaking of always be recruiting, speaking of quarterback sticking with commitments or yeah. maybe going elsewhere, let's oh. move to the other side of that lower yeah. third. How am I doing this? Yeah, there, right there. Boom. Uh, Julian Lewis, committed to USC. Since his commitment has reclassified in 2025, uh, fresh off a visit to Georgia, that's obviously the in-state school for him. Uh, where do you think stand with him? And I mean, what, what's the latest yeah, in your mind just, with Julian it's Lewis? It's gotten very real, real with Julian Lewis for the reasons that I just said. He's a he was a 2026 prospect about a month ago, mm. and if you're sitting here as a 2026 prospect, you're thinking, I got time. Yeah, this thing's fun. I'm going to enjoy the process. I'm committed to USC. Then he, then he reclassifies to 2025, just recently, about two or three weeks ago. And then it sets in what I just said. You realize that one year from now, this time next year, Julian Lewis will be enrolled That's crazy. at the school he's going to be playing his next four years at. They so, grow up so fast. You know? So Julian Lewis, yeah, they do grow up so fast. And <laughs> recruitments come at you very fast, too. That's why this one kind of just ratcheted up on a drop of a dime. Because it became real. It became, hey... Am I really going to USC? Am I going to go check out other schools? The answer is yes. Julian Lewis uh, visited Colorado, visited Georgia, tried to get to Alabama. I believe he still will get to Alabama, visited Auburn. He's looking around. He says, I want to close this thing out. I don't know what exactly that means, but 
to me, if you're already committed and you're saying, I'm going to take a few trips and then close this thing out, I think he's going to flip. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, he hasn't said that. I just think the writing on the wall, you know, he committed. He's from Carrollton, Georgia. Yep. He committed early to USC. And don't cry for Lincoln Riley. Lincoln Riley will still get his guy, whether sure. it's Julian Lewis or somebody else. Lincoln Riley will get his quarterback. But I just think that when it becomes real, it, I think you start looking a little bit closer to home. And that's what Julian Lewis is doing. So he thinks he's going to work through this fairly quickly and come to a, I don't want to put words in his mouth, a final decision. But ultimately, I mean, he he kind of, he is coming to a final decision. That's kind of the way it's shaping up. And the thing that's so interesting about this, like if we rewind the tape another year back and kind of think about the way that Lincoln Riley's been perceived and honestly still is perceived, like he is the quarterback guru in college football. Not, there's, not that there's other good people in, right. with the quarterback but position. But he has but that designation right totally. now. Totally. And for Julian Lewis to be like, I could go play for him or I could go to uh, Georgia or insert whatever other school you want to talk about there. Uh, just kind of a kind of a wild time in college football, kind of a wild time in recruiting that we're talking about Lincoln Riley potentially not hanging on to one of the top recruits. Now, that hasn't happened and yet. And it shows it may how happen, valued Julian Lewis is and for how sure. much leverage he has in this situation. He can openly say, I'm looking into some things. And Lincoln Riley can't say anything about it. It speaks to the talent that Julian Lewis is. The whole thing is is very interesting, and obviously we'll, we'll track it all the way through the whistle, all the way through the first, second signing period and beyond. I mean, that's what we do here on the On3 YouTube channel, the On3 Recruits channel as well. I mean, Julian's saying put the pads on. Julian's saying put the pads on, put the, the cleats on, was out there running <laughs> around during Rose Bowl practice. Like, we got Jalen Monroe answering questions about Julian saying, and then eventually then he goes to Ohio State. Short-term signee style, uh, which kind of leads perfectly into this last uh, last moment of this show josh 2024 putting it to bed tucking yeah. it in making sure it's comfortable last take last thought last takeaway on the 2024 class before we jump into 2025 uh, officially the qb shuffle yep. with dylan ryle i think this class to me will be remembered for dylan ryola not only leaving his commitment to ohio state that was a year ago this time <laughs> dylan ryola was just decommitting from ohio state commits to georgia then transfer or then to nebraska and then you have julian say and transferring uh, at one time they were the number one and two qbs in the country i yeah. mean yeah now dj lagway is number one and deservedly so but at one point the number one and two qbs in the country had a very dramatic time in their recruitment it is a crazy time some of them had multiple dramatic periods last take i'll give here last thought on this cycle uh, i'm curious to see how much of this is a trend going forward with mm -hmm. the players after signing a letter of intent after being on campus ending up having that short-term signee thing i think that's going to happen more and more in college football but i'm not sure if we'll see it as frequently as we did this season because of the generational moment that was Nick Saban retiring. That was a thing that obviously shook yeah. the college football landscape from the head coaching carousel, which by way of a trickle-down effect impacted kids that had already committed and that were signed and making moves from a, a you know, transfer portal perspective. All that's to say, I'm really fascinated to watch how that evolves over time. Short-term signee is here to stay without question, but will yeah. we see this kind of ripple effect in the future? I don't know. The start of this cycle, we didn't even know we didn't even know the term short term signee or even it wasn't in our vernacular at no. all. And I think next year at this time, when we say STS, everybody watching will know the acronym STS because mm -hmm. I think it'll be that ingrained 
in the recruiting cycle because I don't see the transfer portal slowing down. I don't see coaches leaving slowing down. So I think this new designation of short-term signee is here to stay. Yeah, brand new verbiage for the lexicon. Well, for all of us here at All3, for myself, for Josh Newbert, for Nick Ray producing the show, we appreciate y'all rolling with us. Again, make sure you're locked in at the All3 Recruits channel. Tons of content, year-round college football recruiting centric. You don't want to miss any of it. We appreciate y'all. We love y'all. Going to keep this party rolling, and we will see y'all next time. is here say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book right now new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel that's 200 bucks to use on point spreads Money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 43342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050-424-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text Hope NY in New York.